It's time for the Cradle Mania podcast with Mike, Spencer, and Ace. Cradle Mania podcast 15. I'm Ace Bondaloo, joined by your boy Mike. Yo, yo, yo. It's a new Spencer. signature catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Every podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. Yes. And then we, we got the spoon man, Spencer, here. Hi. I tried to say something, but it got overshadowed. <laughs> it happens. Ace, Ace cuts people off is what Ace has learned tonight. He is a chatterbox at times. <laughs> we all are. We all are, Ace. Um, so anyways, we've seen Money in the Bank. We've seen Monday Night Raw. We saw Friday Night Smackdown. Um, we're about to do our big review. Uh, gentlemen, what did you... Uh, any housekeeping you got? All I got is uh, we have to go through our punishments. And Spencer, what's the current progress on that TNA Reverse Battle Royal? No progress. I'm just going to say no progress. There's not going to be any progress um, until someone buys it. And that's, I think, the only option on this one. Um, so I'm not buying it. Sorry. That one's <laughs> on me, Maniacs, uh, please buy them. It's on me. I said I said I was going to get that TNA uh, membership and then cancel it after less than a month so I don't get charged. And that's on me. I haven't done that yet. I will take the blame for the reverse battle royal ha- having not been watched yet. Spencer is crushed. Blame you. But crushed is right. So crushed. Ace Bondaloo. So crushed. What about our? Um, so, oh sorry. What? I- I was just going to say, are we going to talk about our uh, our punishments for Money in the Bank later? Well, that's who kinda... won? We don't know yet. I think it was a tie, wasn't it? I think so. We hadn't added that. You had the MS Paint thing. You were talking up your MS Paint thing. I didn't write it down. I don't even remember who I had. No, no I, I think... Oh, shoot. But so did Mike. No, I think Spencer might have won. Here, I got it right here. I'll add it up while you guys uh, break sure. down what our bets were. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, if uh, if I lost, uh, Ace Bondaloo picked a um, Carlito and someone. Who's the other guy? Chris Carlito. Masters. Carlito versus Chris Masters. So we all yeah. got the first one. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. So it was Chris Masters. So I got to watch that if I lose. Um, Ace Bondaloo has to watch the, the, the nicest of the punishments, I would have to say. Uh, the Revival versus Hawkins and Ryder from last year's Mania. Um, and since he's a big Hawkins and Ryder fan, I mean, that's not really fair. They win this match. But uh, anyway, uh, that was his punishment. And Mike had to do a Viscera match because uh, Viscera looks cool. But that's about it. Now, Spencer, Mike? one by one. Whoa! That's a Yeah, I, me and Mike were tied 4-4 four, four, and Spencer had 5. So, gentlemen, we all did excellent. <laughs> Yep, I did award hard myself hard. the uh, MVP win because it was Bob Lashley. But anyways, uh, we'll go through Money in the Bank in a little bit here. But Spencer won. Mike and Ace have to do their punishments. Uh, let's quickly break down Friday Night SmackDown, gentlemen. Are you ready? I will handle this one. You got it. Take us away, Vondaloo. All right, Friday Night SmackDown. Here we go. Mandy Rose fought Sonya Deville, and Sonya Deville won. Um, then we saw New Day, Lucha House Party, Miz and Morrison, Forgotten Sons have a little tussle. Uh, Forgotten Sons and Miz and Morrison won. Whoa, did that really uh, equate to much? Then we get a tease for Sheamus and Jeff Hardy for something we don't get to see on Sunday. And then we move to Bray Wyatt giving one last chance for Braun to come home, which was very cool. 
and we see more of that on Sunday. Then we see a little Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Tamina and Lacey Evans winners. Tamina and Lacey Evans. Tamina was riding hot. People were shocked on the result on Sunday. Uh, and then we got Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, and Otis versus Corbin, Cesaro, and Shinsuke. And uh, the good guys won. Wish, wish Gulak was on the Money in the Bank card is all. Yeah, I don't know about you, Spencer. I don't really have anything further to add because SmackDown was last week. The pay-per-view was on, uh, yesterday. And this uh, show is basically irrelevant, so I don't have much to add. I, I will I only add one small thing about Sonya and Mandy continuing on because that match, the way it ended, it's clearly continuing, so that's okay with me. Everything else was basically uh, washed away on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's a very fast uh, SmackDown uh, review there, Ace. What happened to their hour-long reviews? No, no, no. We were blown through this one. We agreed. I'm kidding. We all agreed. We all agreed. And then we move on to Money in the Bank. I don't even want to touch on SmackDown a second longer. Money in the Bank. We start things off with a little bit of Cesaro versus Jeff Hardy, which was an okay match, but here's my only point. I'm so done with Cesaro, man. I tweeted this out. Ace was tweeting in Money in the Bank. Ace showed up on Sunday. He showed up. He was... He was high effort ace on Sunday. Anyways, emphasis, re- real big emphasis on the high. Um, almost <laughs> forgot where I was going with this. Cesaro, I get it. He's strong. I understand he's strong. But you know what I understand more than anything? He loses matches. Like, so just stop telling me he's so great when all he does is lose. Like, just stop, Corey Graves. You're like, hey, this guy's so amazing. He's pound pound the strongest guy. And I'm like, but it don't mean anything, does it? Because he can't win. I'm done. When was the last time he spoke on TV? It's, I'm only upset because I actually think, like, I do like the guy. But now my vision is just like, ugh, I just, I don't, I'm done with him now. You know? WWE wrecked him for me. Cesaro, 39 years old right now. And been with the company for a little while. He's, he's been given plenty of opportunities. Like, Paul Heyman was put with him. And if Paul Heyman can't get you over, then uh, I don't know. I don't really know what's going to be your next move kind of thing. Like, uh, like I don't know. Do you guys remember when he did that? Um, not him, sorry. Vince McMahon was on the Stone Cold podcast one time. And he mentioned Cesaro as being a guy that never grabbed the brass ring. Like, he basically just, like, calls Cesaro out for not, like, trying to overachieve or whatever. Like, trying to get to that next level. So, like, he's mm-hmm. never going to be that guy. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um and the match was all right, though. I liked it. I thought Hardy looked really good. I wasn't uh, spooked like I normally am, so that was fun. Yeah, he showed pretty well. Um, it was kind of weird him being on the kickoff, uh, but yeah. And Cesaro, I'm just—I've been done with Cesaro for a while. Like he's—he just hasn't done anything, and they always try to make him look strong and scary, and he just loses. Like he loses to Jeff Hardy. He loses to Mansoor. He loses to everyone. Which, whatever. I guess. He's the Swiss lost machine. Anyways, uh, he's, he, I guess we should just start calling him Swiss cheese because I guess he's got a lot of holes in his game. What? Oh. Oh, end the podcast early, Jim. Yeah, good night, everybody. This was your podcast. See ya. <laughs> I just, like, faded out. Oh, <laughs> like, people uh, stop listening after that one. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway. Anyways, then we moved to the actual show, and I was uh, saying to Spencer, oh, I guess we don't get MVP on the (laughs) pre-show. Nope, you didn't. 
What did you think of the opening match, Spence, of uh, Lucha House Party, the Forgotten Sons versus the New Day and Miz and Morrison? Um, well, I think uh, I think I said it on on Sunday. It was like uh, all these guys just get their every guy gets their showing in. Everyone had a chance to be dominant, but it was like it was pretty straightforward. It was there's big spots and everyone got their finishers, but uh, it wasn't very long. So I mean, it was pretty predictable for the ending. Like uh, as soon as uh, old Jackson Riker, yeah, that's his name, uh, was ejected, it was pretty much done from there. It was like, all right, you guys aren't winning, and the SmackDown tag team is staying in the new day, which I'm here for. Me and Mike wanted the Forgotten Sons, baby. So I think this was my winning. Thank you, New Day, for winning for me. Uh, today. uh it was pretty much the new day that won it for you because you and mike would have been tied up until then but that put you ahead yeah and then we would have all been tied if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for you rotten new day we would have had him uh you also got the tamina match wrong yeah but i had the mvp match right you guys have no, this one wrong. bobby and, lashley I got and mvp versus our truth that was not a two-on-one handicap match that doesn't matter. He says he. It wasn't. Anyway, whatever. It's irrelevant, but I will just say this one thing, Ace. You claim to have stated that somebody on Twitter supported your uh, your uh, pitch to get a point uh, for the Bob Lashley win, even though you had MVP. So uh, I did not see any responses from anybody on Twitter. Um, so I'm calling you out about it. I feel like you lied. Um. I don't know what you just heard uh, because my <laughs> speaker completely cut out. If you didn't notice, I didn't say anything. And I probably would have interjected during all of that, but I don't know what you said. All right. It doesn't matter. We'll just forget. Cut that part. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just was a little annoyed that Jackson Riker didn't get involved in this match until like close to the end. And then he got ejected after that one move. Like he was standing at ringside the entire match. Could have been the extra X factor as the third man. That's why I picked the uh, Forgotten Sons in this match. But the match was fine. Like Spencer said, everyone got their shit in. Basic uh, basic Fatal 4-Way tag match. Kind of what's going okay, on. Okay, well, uh, back to the match of Lashley and our truth Oh, holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Lashley subbed in for MVP, uh, and it looks like they're friends, and we could see them team up. I hope, uh, hope we see it on Raw. <laughs> Um, that is some foreshadowing for things to come that happened Monday night, but, uh, we can get to that later for you, Ace. Um, Anyways, do you guys like the team of Lashley and MVP, if that is a thing? Yes. Me too. Yeah. Could be fun. Okay, so you just want to move to the next one? I mean, a huge fan of the team. Huge fan. We'll get to it on Raw. Uh, yeah. and then Chew, Chew, Chew. What's pulling up? The Tamina train left the station. That is, that's correct. It's here. It's arrived. <laughs> and I believe Tamina came out last, looking dominant. Yeah, she came out second. Uh, the thing that was weird was Tamina had the win, but Sasha Banks distracted her and rolled her up, and I was like, Tamina, 10 years in this business, and you just blew it right there. What was that all about? I, fi- I hate that they made her look so dumb after 10 years of WWE, finally getting her title shot. Yep, that sounds about right. 
and uh, that's how Bailey got the win. But anyways, I feel like maybe was that just because Tamina had to prove that there's nobody meaner? Um, apparently. Yeah, it was a bit of an awkward finish, like the, the crucifix pin, I think it's called. Um, oh, yeah, that was such a slow pin. It was so slow, and it was like, okay, that's... The ref counted one before her shoulder was down, for sure. <laughs> it was weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this... We said it, or I said it before, I think. This just seemed like story fodder for Bailey Sasha. That's all it really seemed. I never thought Tamina was going to win this match. I did. Um, Mike, what did you think of the match? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I'll be honest, I zoned out during this match. Like, I, I wasn't really paying that much attention. I heard that Tamina was a little slow getting to some of her spots. Uh, but it was it, her best match, though. Yeah, I thought that, well, okay. I mean, the little, like, I was, I kind of started paying attention again with about three minutes left in the match or whatever. It was, it was fine. It was a fine match. I don't really have anything else to add other than agreeing with Spencer about fodder for the Sasha and Bailey storyline that was, is likely going to, I would like to hope, conclude at SummerSlam. Well, the next one was the big, hot match of the night. Spencer was marking out. We were tweeting Mark. about it from the Crundlemania account. It was Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, you guys break this one down because a lot went, went down in it. Man, this was crazy. Like, uh, um, started out uh, with Braun kind of running the show. And, and I mean, I kind of was curious what was going to happen because we've only seen Sweater Bray Wyatt once. And he was against the Miz, and he had that like, and he didn't do a single attack or offensive move until he hit a sister Abigail and won. So I, I was like, "What's he gonna do tonight?" And he, and this time he, he, he stepped up and was and was back in in fighting mode a couple of times. But it had to take Huskis the Pig Boy to cheer him on. So it wasn't until after Huskis cheered him on that he started attacking, which I thought was weird. Um, but uh, like, yeah, he Huskis showed up after a big uh, table spot. Um, oh yeah, Braun versus yeah. Table. Yeah, Braun was doing his big running charge move, but uh, Bray Wyatt sti- sidestepped him and sent him over the the table. Um, outside, there's there's some fighting outside, and, and I mean Bray was great. Like this whole time, like he's like he's coming in, he's looking like he's having a great time. He's like, I don't care what anyone says about you, Michael. You're doing great. Um, he's like, I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited and stuff. Like he's just he just came to the ring, and it was so great. I was very happy with that. And then Strowman came out um, looking all strong, and it was awesome. Um, but I just, I just, I love this match top to bottom. Like, I think it was probably my favorite match. Uh, but the big thing happened at the, at the end there. Strowman kind of fell off the, uh, he got hit with a sister Abigail, but kicked out. Couldn't believe he got kicked out. Like, the announcers sold it, like, couldn't believe it. Oh my God. Um, and then he, Bray went for a second Sister Abigail, but took a second to like wipe his forehead or something from sweat. And in that second, Braun grabbed him by the throat and reversed it into a choke slam. Um, at which point, Braun then exited the ring, went under the ring, and brought out his uh, uh, his old black sheet mask that Bray's been trying to get mm-hmm. put on for, for a month. Um, and he put it on, and like I was like, and people were like, "Oh my!" I, well, me, I, was, I say people, but it's me. I was like, "Oh my god, is he going to join him again?" No, he's not going to join him again. This is obviously just a, a ruse, but it's great. He might, and Bray clearly believed it, and whatever. Um, and they embraced, they hugged it out, and then Braun took it off and was like, "Psych!" Flipped him up for a power slam, 
one, two, three. Braun retains. Uh, I think this was the obvious conclu- uh, result because it was Sweater Bray Wyatt challenging for the title, and uh, and it's pretty clear that this uh, feud's going on because as Braun was leaving with the title, Bray's sitting there looking angry, and there was a bit of a flash of the fiend. I'm like, yep, bring that to me. Hook it to my veins. I liked when the fiend showed up. It was just a little tease at the end. It was great. It was like, okay, this is going to keep going now. Braun's not out of this. Those two guys have great chemistry together. I mean, they're obviously well known to each other. Like, I think uh, Bray, uh, Braun is Bray's godfather, I think, right? Or to his kid or whatever. Um, so, yeah, they're pretty yeah, tight. Yeah. And so, yeah, they have really good chemistry. I thought this was one of the best matches of Braun's career. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought Bray looked great, too. I thought Bray looked the fantastic all night. storytelling, the psychology, guys. It was a great time. Yeah, they actually they gave it the time. Like, uh, I think Ace said, it could really be something, and they're really, they seem to really be making it something so far. Anyway. It's wild. It looks like it's not over. Like you mentioned, Spencer, we'll have The Fiend, hopefully, again, at either Backlash or SummerSlam. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Oh, it should be hype, guys. I can't wait either. Nope. It's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, that was the match. So, what was the next match? The next match. Well, what do you think it was? It's the only other one left on the card was Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, and, then, and then we get some money in the bank. It was a nice, swift, breezy pay-per-view. Uh, and oh, yeah. Seth Rollins, once again, I think I said it in the last pod. Every now and then, I think I'm not going to give a crap about his match. Like it. Liked the match. He's yeah, a good wrestler. He's very good. I loved his new theme, you guys. Did you guys like the theme? I thought it fits the character a lot better than his uh, like hardcore <laughs> rock anthem that he comes, came out to before. That's for sure. It was, it, was, it was a nice change. It was very polarizing online. I was shocked to read that, but I was also shocked to... Well, it was just polarizing, so I guess I wasn't completely shocked. It wasn't like everyone hated it. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. It was mixed both ways, like 50-50. I, heard, I saw some complaints that it was very similar to Bailey's um, theme, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, because it came on tonight again. I was like, yeah, okay, I can kind of see it, because Bailey's new theme has also kind of got that uh, chorus at the very start, but it changes up, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fine, we thought. Um, and it was a good match. Drew McIntyre wins, and then they shake hands at the end, you guys. Yeah, I mean the there was this was a great match back and forth. A lot of people liked this match from what I could see, um, but the finish was great. I thought uh, like like hitting the like they just had some really like back and forth moves back and like like really fast. Um, a stomp uh, missed a stomp. There was a future shock DDT. The Glasgow kiss headbutt. Uh, Rollins hit a super kick where it stunned <laughs> stunned Drew into the ropes, but then Drew back, used that <laughs> off the ropes. To Claymore's head off. Uh, I'm sorry, Ace's bond. Ace's <coughs> bond. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the the finish was was really well done. Like such a fast pace, uh, like arc, like almost like the RKO out of nowhere, the Claymore out of nowhere. Like that was cool. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the uh, the main event, and I just want to shout out everyone. This isn't social media shoutouts. I want to shout out everyone who liked specifically this tweet. Where I said, anyone else watching Money in the Bank like this? And I posted the photo of the dinosaurs getting drunk from the episode of The Simpsons. 
and uh, people liked it. People, they they were all watching it with us like that, which was great because I was like that. Spencer can confirm. Can confirm. He was very, very much like that. I don't think I can break this match down that well, though, because I was definitely live tweeting most of it, and there was times where I did not see what was happening. Jeez, man, there were so many bits and spots, and uh, you two got to tag team it. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing that happened is everyone got like, um, everyone got like an entrance, even though the men were in the weight room and the women were in like the lobby. They all still got an entrance, and I was like, "That's interesting." <laughs> Why are we giving everyone an entrance in this building? Um, but uh, I thought Oscar was great on the, all this match. Um, she obviously was my pick going in, uh, and it worked out. Um, but I mean, just so many spots. Like Mike, do you want to highlight some of your favorite spots, and I can do some of mine after? Yeah, sure. So I love the start of the match from Oscar, where she's. Uh, like above everybody, like her entrance and she doesn't show up and then she just jumps on everyone and then she gets on the elevator and closes it. And so like pretty much most of the match, Asuka doesn't touch anybody. She's just in the elevator trying to hide from everyone the whole time. I thought it was awesome. There's a lot of mixed reviews online. Some people found it to be a little bit too annoying, like her voice and like uh, and everything going on there and like, you know, the cuts to her and stuff when she wasn't doing much. But thought it was funny. Uh, I liked uh, the spot where Otis dropped the weights on top of AJ. Uh, they were in the weight room. I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, loved that. Really enjoyed that. There's a spot with Vince McMahon where AJ and Debray are fighting and they brawl into McMahon's office, which has this absolutely massive like dinosaur head or whatever skull on the side. Uh, and then they see he turns around, McMahon, he sees AJ and Debray and he <laughs> pauses for a second. And he just like tells them to get out. And he just like looks incredibly angry. You, know, you can tell it's like a joke about how pissed off he is about COVID. And then he like uses the Purell on his hands after Purell after uh, they come in. Uh, and yeah, uh, Spencer, how about you? Those are a couple of mine. I have a few more, but I feel like I don't want to take some of yours if you have others. Fair enough. No, those were some great spots. Um, I now I can't remember if you said if when Corbin threw the weight to the the mirror because I like that. Oh no, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah that one. That one was good. Um, the food fight with uh, Paul Heyman uh, and Otis going like, food fight! And he just like throws the huge platter at Heyman. That was great. Uh, Mine was, um, Aces was uh, when Dana Brooke grabbed money in the bank. My fucking God. It, it was just the executive office. And then Stephanie McMahon comes filmed on Triple H's potato phone. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, the quality just definitely dips down to like Triple H's cell phone. <laughs> in the hotel lobby. <laughs> you can hear like a fan in the background. Like they didn't even light stuff up and they're like, let's just shoot this. It's good. And they left it in. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Yeah. She was clearly just walking by the doorway to the to the office. It was probably like her house. It was probably just like a white wall they found. It definitely was. It was not. It was she was like, not that was in. probably yeah, she was probably at like in Triple H's basement with them, like their their family's basement. And she was like, hey. Paul, come over here and bust out the cam. We got to film a little cameo. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Dana Brooke was was like our truth, but for women, this whole match, I was like, Dana Brooke, you are literally the stupidest person. Like, she, I think she went like the opposite direction. She's like, "Where's someone? Tell me where the briefcase is." And I was like, "What? Oh yeah, she <laughs> did ask that." She's like, "Where's the briefcase?" And I was like, "What, Dana Brooke? Excuse me, not you? know the match." <laughs> I feel I bad could. for her if that's what they're trying to do with her character. Like, look at her, the size of her. 
Like she could be able. She just needs to work on her mic skills. But I just I feel bad. Like they shouldn't be turning her into like a clueless, turning her into a clueless character like that. Oh, it was that was dumb. Um, and then Carmela used a picture of her own victory at Money in the Bank. Like when she won the Money in the Bank briefcase, she smashed it over Dana Brooke's head. I thought that was kind of funny. That's another spot I found. But Dana Brooke, this whole match, I was just Carmella like, was looking great. I was like, Carmella, looking great. Mm-hmm. It's true. Million bucks, sexy gear, oh, looked like a stellar man. wrestler. She was looking awesome. great. Tis true. All right, a couple of horn dogs, everybody. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> what happened <Hopefully>. next? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Was it the roof? Let's spot get to the finish. That? Yeah, yeah, let's get to when they toss uh, when they toss off AJ and Alistair. Well, that happened mm-hmm. after the women's um, briefcase had already been pulled down because the women got up there first. Uh, Asuka okay. was the first one. Nia and um, who the hell was the last? Lacey Evans was the last one, I think. One of the last ones. I don't even remember. Um, but uh, Nia Jax just had a poor showing, I thought. I thought she was kind of like bad in this section of the match, but it didn't last very long. And Asuka pulls it down. She's and not like most girls. She's not. Um, yeah, and then after You guys, that, the Crumble Mania podcast is as fun as it is to record as it sounds, if people are wondering. Ace Bond who chimes in with, no, with not, nothing helpful. <laughs> That's right. I don't. I just derailed this, and I'm just like, "What's up?" I heard a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of brothers, brothering it up. Um. Oh. Also, also, I forgot to mention, Asuka like kicked Corbin in the face to knock him off the ladder because he ran up there and was like, "Get out of the way! I want the briefcase." And you're like, "Dude, what? There's two. Just, just what?" Uh, yeah, but she just didn't want him up there. I wouldn't want him up there either. I wouldn't either, but fair enough. Anyway, um, men came Spencer up. Spencer on that. I didn't understand the point of that spot. Yeah. It's like Baron Corbin just being impatient and an asshole. I, just, I think it just went to show that everybody doesn't like Baron Corbin. And I was like, what a heel. <laughs> Even Oscar's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, fair enough. He does suck. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. He then proceeds to throw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof. And you're like, holy shit, they, they just murdered, he just murdered these guys. And obviously, I mean, well, I mean, I think all of us knew that he didn't actually murder them. But uh, to throw them off was kind of surprising. And then it was revealed that he only threw them six feet down next, the next day. Um, but we'll get to Monday night. Cause, they just like, say that. They only threw me six feet down. I'll have yeah. you know I didn't die. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not even lying to you. I'm not making that up. They were like, Ray Mysterio was like, well, people didn't see is there was a second roof six feet down, and I was fine. I was like, you're just saying that? Oh, Guys, I was, that was weird. I absolutely Sorry. died when Ray gave the explanation on Raw about how he's not dead and how there was a building, another building six feet underneath. <laughs> the way he said it and his voice, it's kind of like if you've ever seen that commercial he used to be on with that. It's like, don't do, try this at home. And he said, like, I tore six ligaments in my left knee. And just the way he said it sounded really funny. I don't know why. But um, I found that his explanation just, it, it just made a little, me laugh. Yeah, I know. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But sure. you're right. It, it was weird. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, so after we had Ray Mysterio and Aleister Black get thrown over, 
at uh, at one point it was like I can't remember where everyone was. Like Daniel Bryan was somewhere at this point, um, and I couldn't I couldn't have told you where he was. Anyway, uh, AJ Styles ends up kind of winning the the little brawl. He's the last one standing after he hits uh, um, Otis with a phenomenal phenomenal forearm. But uh, Corbin quickly races up the ladder, and they're struggling. So both Corbin and AJ Styles pull pull the briefcase down. Um, while they're struggling it over, Elias saves us all from a King Corbin victory by hitting Corbin with his guitar. And we haven't he seen... He was just there. Uh, yeah, Elias just showed up. Um, and Dude, I seen... thought I was absolutely cooked when Elias showed up. I was like, I'm too fucked because that didn't just happen. Elias just fucking morphed into the building. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He just showed up there. He was like, this is Elias. Smash. And uh, I was so crumb though, dude. Like I just like blinked and I must have blinked so slowly that Elias got in the ring and he was there. <laughs> uh, that was about as long as uh, he, he was a blink and you miss it thing. Like he just ran like the angle it was. He ran in, smashed the guitar, and that was it. Cut to some other angle. He's uh, <laughs> fumbling the briefcase because they both lost hands of it. And, and the briefcase falls down off the ladder straight into the waiting arms of Otis. And with that, Otis is Mr. Money in the Bank. Cannot believe Otis. Um, and, and guess who called it on the podcast? Me. No, you. Ace. Bonda. <laughs> Lou. He's fun. He called it on the pod. He was pretty proud of that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it when we were recording. I was like, Otis was winning. Because <laughs> my sources told me he was going to win. I didn't appreciate, kind of like I talked about with the... Um, uh, Dana Brooke and her character. Like, I don't think they needed to do those. Like, I, I, I guess, it, it, like, maybe my sense of humor is different, but there's like fat jokes with Otis where, like, he's devouring all the food and then he gets. Oh, fat. yeah. And he just he couldn't gets... help himself. He just couldn't. He was like, mm, food, I gotta eat. Like, that's how they made him act. And it was so stupid. And then later on, where the ladder rung broke and they're trying to make the joke oh. that he's heavy to support the ladder. And I just thought that those oh. were kind of distasteful jokes. Um, in general, so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really I'd agree. But I, I like that he won. I mean, obviously, like clearly, he didn't actually pull the briefcase down. It's kind of similar to what happened with Ellsworth and Carmella. But um, I like that he won. I like. I'd like to see where they go with this. But I know online, a lot of people didn't agree. Like a lot of people were upset that well, not upset that he won, but were kind of felt like he didn't really necessarily deserve this push so quickly, or feel that he should be in that position. Like, what's gender all over them? again. They're like, oh, it's gender. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. He's going to cash in on the tag titles. I'm going to go, oh, fuck you, WWE. <laughs> That's what's oh, going to happen. Tags, cash in on the tag titles. I'm going to say, fuck you, man, because me and Mike could start a tag team on SmackDown tomorrow and have a tag title shot at Backlash. <laughs> Basically. You know what I mean, Mike? We come out there, we're like, "Hey, uh, we're the Crund- we're, we're the Crunditos," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> and they're like, "Backlash, New Day versus Crunditos tag titles." They've really not done anything, but they're here now, so let's give them a shot. Let's see. Here we go. Tag titles. WWE. And that's my two cents on that. He's gonna cash in on that, I bet, and we're gonna go, "Oh." Yeah, I don't know where they're going with this. It's going to be interesting to see. They have a long time to try to figure it out, I think. I think they're going to take this this a little ways. <clears throat> have Otis hold the, the briefcase for a long time, I mean. 
I feel like he's going to cash in on the tag titles and we're going to go, oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, maybe. I would not be surprised. Because, like, God damn it, just give him the do it. You know, like, Mike, would you be mad? If he won the briefcase or if he didn't cash in? If he, how would you, what do you want him to do with this briefcase? I mean, I mean, how do you book this from that. here on out? What I do mean, you do? Just, I, I mean, you can have, I know that it's not ideal to have a face with it. I guess the briefcase is meant for the heel character to get them over more. Uh, but you could do like a, you could do a, a honest uh, cash in like RVD did at one night stand. You could just have him tell the champ when he's cut, like Orsina did it too. Tell the champ exactly when you're cashing in. That way you still maintain your face. Like character, if you're trying to keep it. Oh man, if he did that, you would be all in for that pay per view. <laughs> I, I I still feel like there might be. I don't know. We'll see. Like they might somehow screw him out of the briefcase. Dude, like, he's he gonna put it on, the, it on the tag titles. It's gonna look stupid. He's or I could give it to Mandy Rose. You never know. Oh, dude, I like the way you're booking. Like the way you're booking. Armchair GM and armchair bookers. Anyways, that's our other pod. (laughs) Let's uh, move on to Monday Night Raw because we still got some Monday Night Raw and some social media shout-outs on our fucking clapper crapper knee slapper. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that sounds like a lot. Um, Raw tonight was good, though. I thought. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you want to start breaking it down? You want me to? Because I kind of—it I, sounded like you didn't catch the the first segment. Yeah, I I tuned in late. You can go ahead and uh, recap okay. that. Sure. Um, I definitely didn't catch the very very start of the segment, but I got enough of it to know exactly what happened. But anyway, Raw starts. Um, they've got obviously their preview of what's going to happen tonight. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, anyway, so the first one that comes out is the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. And, and I believe Ace uh, this morning said, said that there was going to be some craziness happening, like this is a major announcement for Becky. It wasn't that she was confronting, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Becky comes out and starts talking. She comes out with the Money in the Bank ladder match briefcase. And she puts the briefcase onto a table, um, does her ring pose and comes back. And she uh, she's pretty emotional. She's saying... Um, that uh, it's, a, it's a happy night, but it's also kind of sad. Like, she's in between joy and sadness. Um, she wanted to make sure that they raised the stakes for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and they did. Um, and she kind of gives a brief history of her time in WWE to start and, and whatnot. So she's, she's full-on crying by this point. She's like, I came over from Europe with no, no money. No, no one knew who I was. Like, no one in this country knew me, and I wasn't sure if I would be liked. And obviously... Look where she is now. Um, but she's very visibly upset. Like, this whole time, she's just, like, she can barely get the words out through crying. Um, and she says she has to go go away for a little while. And that's when Asuka's music hits, and Asuka comes out, and she's like, what's going on? Like, And in her typical Asuka way of kind of getting her point across, um, but also using a lot of Japanese, which is entertaining right now, anyway. I'll, I'll say it now, but anyway... Um, she comes in and she's like, the briefcase is mine. And then Becky's like, yeah, it's yours. It's yours. Um, uh, Oscar, you beat me when no one else could like blah, blah, blah. It's chalking her up and you've been the best wrestler in the world. Um, so I'm glad it's you that won. Um, and this, uh, you haven't been able to open the briefcase cause only Becky Lynch had the, um, 
had the combination. So Becky opens the briefcase and there's the belt. So Becky came out without the belt, no, and there was no mention of it. So the belt was in the briefcase, and she says the briefcase, the the match was actually not not for a ch- a chance at the title. It was for the title, and she's very proud that Oscar was the one to bring it down. Blah blah blah. Um, and the her big line when she's smiling because because Oscar takes this and she goes crazy like she's so happy like I'm the champion I'm the champ. She runs all around the arena like goes up to the the announcers table on the on the stage and is like holding it the belt up and, and this whole time I'm like, Be- like Becky's just laughing. Um, so I'm like, okay, Becky's clearly fine with this. So anyway, um, Oscar comes back and Becky's like, uh, I'm glad it's you, Oscar. You can, you go be a warrior. I'm going to go be a mother. So that's her way of announcing her pregnancy. And honestly, it looked like Oscar didn't know that this was coming either. Um, by her reaction, if or she did know it was coming, she's a great actress, actor, whatever you want, whatever. Um, and yeah, so that was really cool. Uh, they hug it out, and Oscar's chanting Becky, saying "Congrats!" She's all happy for her. Um, Becky's like tears of joy, happiness, relief. Well, I don't know what's going on, but this was an emotional segment, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's kind of how it ends. So that was, a, that was a very detailed breakdown, but I just wanted to give that one uh, a good amount of time because that was a good. It was a good way to to send her off. I thought. Post Mother's Day. Post Mother's Day. Yeah, good point. Nice touch for sure. Um, Oscar, now that she has the Raw Women's title via vacation from Becky, is the second ever Grand Slam champion in the history of the company. The first one was Bailey. Oscar's completed the Grand Slam now, too. Good for Oscar. Oscar's great. What a success story. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to do really well as the Raw Women's champion because I think, I think Becky Lynch is gone for a year or more. At least, yeah. Like, maternity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, all right, I'm okay with that. And that was the opening segment of Raw. <laughs> that was a, it. Was a segment. I'm sorry. We can go through the next bit faster. I won't talk about it, but I just that one had a lot of moving thing, a lot of things that happened. So, I Ace think Ace Bond is going to crun up mid pod. Uh, probably going to crun up mid pod in a minute here too. Get funky. Well, Spencer, Spence, well. Tell him what's going on with your crunch situation? Why do I have that? You dick. I'm out. That's all. Oh shoot! Uh, I should be able to get some tomorrow. I just, uh, I just needed a check to clear. It didn't clear in time, so. Oops. Hey, well, hope you're all doing okay there, Spence the Spoon. What? It's not an oops. It's just a check, bud. Like, what? Oh, okay. I must have must have misunderstood. Misunderstood. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's just going through the bank. It takes five days for a check to clear. Right. Yes. My bad. <laughs> it's not an oops. Anyways, continue on with the uh, show. Um. Well, yeah, we had a we had a short segment. They tried to interview Becky, but everyone just came to hug uh, Becky and say congrats. But uh, the one part I was going to say about that is that's where Rey Mysterio just showed up. He's like the first one over there, and I was like, "Isn't Rey Mysterio dead?" Like, I couldn't. I was. I, that's the only part of that I was like, "What in the ass? What is this?" Um. And then we had a no DQ match. After this, we had no DQ between Bobby Lashley and Humberto Carrillo because Bobby Lash was pissed after last week. Right, pissed. Um, Why? So, well, because he got disqualified from the gauntlet match and lost to Humberto. Oh. This is a no DQ match for Humberto to, for Bobby to get his get his kicks back, and um, or just to you know be mean. Um, Carrillo actually like. It uses a ladder and shows some anger, which was interesting. But uh, this was a Bobby Lashley beatdown. 
uh, all the way. Um, he catches him out of the air, um, catches him out of the air into a full Nelson, um, and Carrillo basically passes out on his feet and the ref calls a match. Um, and this uh, leads into a segment about, or later on there's a segment with Bobby Lashley and MVP. Um, and, yeah, and so they're kind of talking about uh, potentially joining joining forces. So we'll see how that works. So there's a bit more, bit more stuff happens later on and a different match, so we can get back to that again. Because um, they do a, a tease about a two-on-two game of basketball between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. <laughs> Two-on-two basketball. Um, spin when I say spirit, you say of Halloween. Spirit. Spirit. Um, so anyway, spirit. Eric Ivar are like confused by a basketball. <laughs> um, and they're like, oh, why would they, what do we do with it? And blah, blah, blah. So I, this was, this was dumb. This was they all... They don't even know what a basketball is, hey? Yeah, they're like, why couldn't they pick something like sword fighting or axe throwing or mead drinking or... They're just... They don't know anything about Vikings. And it's clear that they don't know anything about Vikings. Not them. Like, not the two of them specifically. But everyone involved with that setup. They just don't know anything about it. And it's stupid. Um... Yeah, so uh It's the hokiest hoke this side of Hokeville population. Hoke ever. Yeah, and all through the night too, we keep getting teases of Randy Orton and Edge feud and most of us are confused like why is this still going on? Like they had their big match. Um but that's the last segment. So that's coming. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it okay. is. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um at one point, there was a small segment before Angel Garza versus Akira Tozawa, which is next up on the card. Um, they have some argument. There's a can- there's an argument between Theory and Garza, um, and Zelina Vegas trying to calm them. I don't know what the argument was about. Mike, you might know more about that than I. Um, I couldn't. I didn't see anything of this. It was weird. Um, but anyway, Angel Garza, Akira Tozawa. They even mention on the Raw commentary how Akira Tozawa's career is like revitalized in this 205 Live Championship tournament thing. But then he gets beat down again. Like, like bring the guy to Raw just to get beat. Like, every time. But then talk him up like he's doing great in this Cruiserweight Championship. Like, no, that's so dumb. Oh, yeah, I don't know what they're doing there either, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Garza wins this with a wing clipper. Um which is a cool-ass uh, finale, or a finisher move, sorry. Um, but there's another, like, pushing-shoving match after the match between Theory and Garza. Like, Garza's staring down Austin Theory as he's, like, pinning uh, Tozawa, and it's like, I don't get what's going on there. Like, are they breaking up this tag, t- this uh, this stable somehow already? Um, and before we even get anything resolved with them, McIntyre shows up, Claymore's theory, um, Garza and Andrade laugh, and like then McIntyre gives Garza a Claymore and stares down Andrade, and then they have a match. So they Mike, laugh at Austin Theory though, but yeah, because on uh, Garza and, and Andrade do. But okay, do you know what's going on here, Mike? Because I'm completely lost with everything here. Like I, I, I got nothing. 
They are clearly like teasing dissension with Theory and Garza. I think maybe it's WWE, so they'll probably have forgotten about that by next week. So at this point, I think we just let it play out and see what happens. But there was no explanation given for the argument on television. Okay. I wasn't sure if I just missed it or not. Sometimes that happens. So if there was an explanation, though, that's, I guess we'll see. Because um, now we have uh, champion v. champion non-title match, uh, Drew versus Andrade again. Um, Mike, do you want to talk about this one? Because this is your boy. Sure. I, it was a pretty solid match. The thing I liked about this match is that um, it looked like a legit fight. Like when you're wrestling, I like I like it when the two guys. It's like when how Chris Benoit wrestled. Like it always looks like he's in a fight, not just a wrestling match. So yeah, it was a good match. Drew got the pin and the W. Um, I was just wondering why this match happened because Drew has already beaten Andrade via pinfall in less than ten minutes, and I also wondered what they're doing with the U.S. title because. Right now, it's just in purgatory. Uh, not sure. What do you guys think about the U.S. championship? Got about as much love as the IC belt. Oh, man. Put it on Riddick Moss, is what I say. Stick it on Riddy Moe. Get he's a, out He's here. a man for the people. He's not even been on television. You can't tell me he's doing anything. Um, but yeah, like at least the U.S. champions on the show... Um, that's all I really have to say. Like, they haven't done anything with their US or IC belt. Like, like it was, I, I guess I said it before, but it's, it was a mistake to give it to Sammy. And I, if they, I think they're headed on a way to a mistake with the US belt and Andrade. I don't know what they're doing, but it doesn't seem like it's going well. Yeah. Like I, I liked the Rey Mysterio matches he had, but and they just kept going to the well too many times. What do you think, Ace? Ace is probably crunning up right now. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're in ag- uh, agreement about this. I kind of want to see him fight Ace Alistair. Ace was US- crunning up. <laughs> what do you think about this, this uh, U.S. championship? What are your thoughts? Uh, I feel like they should give it to Angel. <laughs> I would like that. Ace loves Angel. Ace loves him today. Um... And then, oh, after this match between Drew and Andrade, uh, Drew McIntyre announced he's going to face King Corbin next week on Monday Night Raw. So I guess they've kind of started to, or they decided to scrap their brand's uh, exclusivity thing uh, for the time being, which honestly I'm surprised it took them this long to do, having some of their guys fight the same people every week because each roster is so limited. Um, I don't hate this plan, but why did it have to be King Corbin? Why does it always have to be King Corbin? Like, you know he's not winning that match next week. Ace is doing the big crun. Uh, I don't think he's winning either. Yeah, I agree. Why is it him? He's the quintessential bad guy who gets beat. It's his role in the company. He comes in to make other guys look good in terms of, like, their win-loss record. And, uh, yeah, that's all he does. Yep, apparently it is all he does. Um, okay, so we get uh, we get a small segment here um, about with uh, MVP and Lashley. So this is the backstage I mentioned earlier, um, where MVP reminds Lashley he's been in the company since I think two thousand seven, and that was his like last title opportunity. Like he hasn't had a title opportunity in over ten years, which is insane. Um, 
And so MVP's trying to talk him up. And, and my favorite part was when MVP walks off and sees Lana and is, he's like, hey, uh, um, if Lash is looking for a way out, come find me. And Lana just screams. And she just screams like a crazy woman. I was like, what the fuck? She's just screaming. Like, like not word screaming, just screaming. It was, it was confusing. Um, but clearly... Clearly, there's something in the works with MVP and Lashley. So I think uh, I think Ace Bondaloo might uh, might get his wish and have a, a Bobby Lashley uh, title push at some point. Did you know that he speared Roman Reigns and then pinned him one, two, you. three, clean as a whistle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally muting you next time you say that. Um, Man, no, no idea. When did that happen? Never. Never. Extreme Rules 2015, I believe. Or something. No, 2018 or probably 17. 2017, 2019. Fuck if I know. It's named every year between now and 2017 or 2015. So. I don't think I said 2016. I don't think I did. Someone go back and check it. Someone go back and check it. All right. We'll get our producer on that. Um, Anyway, so next up we have a moment of bliss with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So, again, more just having wrestlers wherever the hell. Um but they have a surprise uh, guest, and the surprise is the Iconics. Um, mm. so the Icon- yeah, they've been gone for seven months, uh, and now they're back. Looking pretty good. Mm. Um, the cringiest of cringe moments came when Nikki Cross did the Iconic pose and yelled out Iconic, and I was like, Nikki, mm. Nikki, Nikki, no. Um so they anyway, this basically just becomes a challenge for uh a challenge for the title. Um didn't really watch the, the actual action of this match because it's Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. Um and I'm sure I'm gonna see this a couple more times. But I, I had a I uh I kinda figured that uh, the Iconics were gonna win and they did. So now there's gonna be a an iconic title opportunity coming up soon. So I don't know. I think these two absolutely were... iconic. Yeah, they were fun. Uh, Mike, did, did you... we just say anything about anything right there? What were we talking about? The iconics. Yes, the iconics <laughs> made a return tonight. They won their match. Okay, title. Were you not listening? You were not. listening. I was. Yeah, I thought they just spoke. <laughs> no, they had an actual match. They they fought each other and and they won with some cheap shots. Um, while the referee wasn't looking, so they're they're the female heel tag team for now. Um, but my, Mike, you had a, did you have a thought on this? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the, of the Iconics. I feel like the tag, if they're going to do anything with the tag division, they need to have some established teams, and the Iconics are an established team. And they're tag team wrestlers by, like, in terms of what they do. They're not singles wrestlers. So they can hold down this division, and they're good looking. So, yeah, no, no complaints about, uh, about them as a team. They just get annoying because sometimes they have that shrill voice and sometimes they do that like scream and cry thing and I just want them to stop. That's 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 why I didn't like the Iconics before. Um, but they've been gone for so long. And I'm like, okay, come back. Let's let's do new things. So, because I remember before I was like, ugh, the Iconics, terrible. Now I'm not. Um, Oh, this is oh now we have uh, Ray Mysterio's explanation as to uh, um, why he didn't die. He says his life flashes before flashed before his eyes when he got tossed off the roof, um, but it was a miracle he landed on another part of the roof, just six feet down. Um, 
by the time he realized Alistair Black was was right next to him, and they're now partners tonight. Um, and all of a sudden, Seth Rollins shows up, just like staring at Rey Mysterio. Um, and Ray's just like, oh, congrats on being a father. It'll genuinely change your life. Well, he looks happy for him, and, and Rollins just stares at him and walks off. And it's like, Seth, what? What are you doing here? Um, but he gets a little crazier, too. Um, anyway, so R-Truth uh, is up next. And, and I didn't see all this match because I was cooking during this time, but uh, it was Aleister Black, Ray Mysterio. Um, oh, no, that was after. Sorry, wrong match. Uh, Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and R-Truth versus Shane Thorne, Brendan Vink, and MVP. That's who's up next. Sorry. Um, and R-Truth introduces us to his wacky cousin, Pretty Ricky, which is just R-Truth with fake teeth and crossed eyes as he spins around. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know R-Truth's whole thing. But uh, he ends up doing that pretty Ricky thing, transforming into him and switching back and forth. Um, but R-Truth wins this match over MVP. Um, he hits him with the lie detector, which just looked like a clothesline, but he hit him with a lie detector, which is R-Truth's finisher and one. Um, but as his music's hitting, is standing tall, Bobby Lashley, man, it comes in and spears truth and like, is like, okay, we got to talk. Um, MVP, and so him and MVP walk off together, and uh, and they're clearly going to be be buds going forward. So that's that's the whole that's everything that happened tonight with MVP and Bobby Lashley. So uh, Ace, I think that sounds pretty good for your boy. Oh, I muted. think he might be crunning up again. Probably. No, I wasn't. I just couldn't unlock the button. I couldn't unlock the button. Insiders should mute. Sometimes we mute, and we shouldn't mute. But here we are muting. Uh, I'm stoked about it. I'm really, really stoked. I uh, hope uh, we don't forget about Shane Thorne and Brennan Vink, but I think we have. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know? Yeah, we shall. Um, but uh, I kind of like the Bobby and Truth pairing up. So maybe maybe Vink and Shane Thorne and Bobby are all pals now. Who knows? But uh, next up, we have another one of Ace's boys, Jinder Mahal. Uh, he's oh, back with dude. Who Charlie. isn't a fan of Tinder right now? Like, I don't know. He looks great. Love him on the mic. He just is, uh, he just comes across so cocky, so arrogant. He's got it nailed down. His eyes really sell it for me. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he is pretty good. You have just heard a Mahal markout moment. Triple M baby right here on the Crundle Mania podcast. Man, did you have a Mahal Markout moment when you watched it happen? I did. I did. Big fan. Thought he did really well. His presence. He's got a good presence. He just has confidence about him. You believe in what he's saying. How do people not want to see a Drew Jinder program? Like, I don't understand. Like, that's so cool. It sounds like he's heading that way. It's all about his hero's journey. And that was his walk-off line. I love that. A hero's journey. (laughs) He did pretty good. He did. Oh, like, oh, everyone just hates him in the comments. It's amazing, dude. Wild. Makes no sense. Um, oh, we also had a little small thing of uh, AJ Styles is sitting with some popcorn in, in the back, and they show a special segment of The Undertaker's Last Ride special, 
Um, so they keep doing AJ Styles shoved in his face with uh, more uh, Undertaker stuff. So uh, that's kind of funny. Um, and all through the night, they replayed uh, the opening segment with Becky and Asuka. Um, they, they've already done it twice by this point, uh, but the other one didn't really have much meaning or much point. But this one did because it leads into Shayna Baszler has a interview with Charlie Caruso, and she's like, um, um, she, uh, yeah, Baszler basically is just bashing, bashing Becky V in the heel. She's like, how how stupid is Becky to get knocked up while she's champion? Um, and she's like, ten out of ten mothers will swear pregnancy doesn't ruin their careers. Um, and she's throwing it all all away so she can have a house for some miserable parasites. Um, saying, like, imagine the man's barefoot fat sitting on a couch eating bonbons. Um, saying the kid is going to suck. You know who the father is? I rest my case. So, Shaney B, with just some hot, hot fire on the mic there, uh, bashing all the mothers. I wonder what her mother thinks of this. Uh, what did Mike think of this? Yeah, I like Shayna Baszler. I think she's a legit character. Uh, well, because it's not a character. Like, she is a cage fighter. She's a mixed martial artist. So she's legit. She can back it up. And I'd like to see her fight Oscar for the title next. Shayna Baszler. Hmm. Yeah, and they, they really hyped up uh, this last ride thing. They had segments for it. Uh, every time tonight like it was it was too much um our uh second last match of the evening uh was the multiple tag team match between uh Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black versus Seth Rollins and Murphy I have no idea why this match was set up in any way like there was no they just announced that these two were gonna these four were gonna have a match and we're like those two that died yesterday um, but, uh, anyway, so, uh, um, Seth Rollins comes, they come out to Seth Rollins theme and, and him and Murphy are looking like a tag team with the matching pants and whatnot. But, uh, Rollins looks like he hasn't showered in a week. He's staring just despondently at nothing, like just staring around. Um, and throughout the whole start of this match, it's, uh, it's, like he's just standing, staring at the ground. Like he's holding the rings, the the rope, sorry, um, on the outside of the ring, staring. And Murphy's like, Seth, do you want in? Like, tag my hand. Like, get in this match or whatever. And Seth is just staring, like not doing anything. Um, so it's basically a two on one uh, for a bit um, between. That's probably crime, buddy. That's probably what's up. I mean, it would have been mine case. Be but he was I'd very like, I'm just gonna pretend I'm not here. <laughs> um. Right. Anyway, so uh, like this goes on for most of the match, uh, and then Ray, like Ray Mysterio, gets sent, like knocked into the corner um, after uh, uh, getting hit, getting a two count for Mur- on Murphy. So he gets hit in the corner, and he elbows Rollins, and so um, I think that uh, I think that woke Seth up a little bit. Um, and uh, he slams Ray hard on the floor and, and calls for the DQ. So, uh, so Seth Rollins causes a disqualification for them. They lose the match, but they att- but uh, Rollins snaps and just starts attacking Ray on the floor. Um, hits him with a thumb to the eye, uh, and he's just and he keeps hitting him in the eye and whatnot. The refs trying to tell him to back it off. Um, 
Alistair Black gets sent into a barrier, so he can't do anything. And Seth takes uh, takes Rey Mysterio over to the stairs, the uh, the metal ring stairs, um, and appears to push his eye into the corner of the ring stair. Um, and so he's screaming and crying and running off, and uh, um, they have to take Ray's mask off, but they don't show his face, but they still have the camera right there, so it's like a towel over Ray's face, so you can't really see his actual face. Um, and he's rolling around in pain while the medics take care of him. Um, he's screaming out in pain. There's apparently blood, but uh, yeah, Rollins then just marches up, staring straight ahead. So I don't know what's going on with Seth Rollins. Um, I guess we'll have to wait till next week for him to say something and tell us what's going on. Um, Fatherhood is spooking him. He's very spooked, apparently. Uh, next up, we have the highly, the hotly anticipated two-on-two basketball game. And all through the night, we have like segments and little bits about the Street Profits warming up for their two-on-two against the Viking Raiders. Vikings being Vikings and like. We don't know what basketball is, like, but we can still be better than you at anything. And anyway, so like they keep going, like they, is they actually space have the jam. Yeah, it's this basically the plot of Space Jam. Yeah, it's just it's dumb. It makes no sense. And so the the Street Profits keep scoring, and they end up like go, going up like like uh, seventy points to nothing. Like they, they, but they just keep like glancing up at the the like scoreboard and just like the, ch- the, the score just keeps increasing on the profit side. And it's a big zero for the Raiders because it starts off with uh, um, like the Viking Raiders are around or at the top of the, the key uh, and the profits are on defense. And, uh, and so Angelo Dawkins goes, uh, all right, check the ball, passes it to does the, the typical, you know, check the ball thing. And, uh, and the, one of the, I think it was Ivar, um, looks at the ball and he's like, oh, it's a good, it's a good ball. And he gives it back to him. He's like, okay. And they just go in and score. And they're like, it was supposed to be our ball, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, they're dumb Vikings. Like, they don't know sports rules. And anyway, so the Vikings then score a single basket. And they start going, we won, we won. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the Prophets are like, guys, the scoreboard, it's like 74 to 2. But... Then a weird thing happens because they go back because um, so it's that's the end of it, but then they go to commercial and come back and they have a oh they also have a small interview with Shayna Baszler talking to Natalia, being like Natalia your comments about motherhood aren't good and and Baszler's like uh, what do you know about being a mother we all know the Hart dynasty dies with you and I was like oh it's Natalia getting some shots or getting shot on because she sucks. But uh, and then the weird part happens after when they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, after the uh, after the local gym between or after the local game between the Street Profits and Raiders, we'll go back and they go back and they're like, uh, Eric's like, we let you win. I'm like what? And I were show him. So he goes just starts drinking three sinking three pointers. And like there's a shot of Ivar dunking a ball and like it's all of a sudden the Vikings are apparently good at basketball. It's the space jam. It is space. It's like it's like we were faking you out so that you guys thought we'd win, and that was it. Anyway, last match of the like night. You, like you made this out up to fuck I, with me almost. I I am not. I'm hundred. It's almost like WWE said, "How can we fuck with Ace Bondaloo? We'll do Space Jam with the Viking Raiders." That's what they. I think they must have because they did. 
That's, that's exactly. And now I'm like, what world do I live in right now? What timeline is this of the universe? Am I in the upside in, down? Asian, Asian, Asian. Um, okay, so our last match is Shayna versus Natalia. Um, I'm not even going to talk about this one. I went to the bathroom. By the time I was done, it was over. Um, this is a long shit. Yeah, or a very terrible match. And I'm going to go with the second one because Shayna Baszler beat Natalia. Um, yeah. Oh, and the one th- – and I came back just after she had lost – and I shit you not, like, nothing Natalia does makes me like her, ever. Like, I don't think she's done a single thing that I'm like, Natalia, cool. Because after this match, she's literally laying on the mat, and she starts doing, like, a temper tantrum. Like, like the little child who doesn't get their way, so they go on the ground, start slamming into the ground, and just, like, Only yeah, Christian like, was good at that, man. And I... <laughs> Fuck off with Christian. He was good at that. He should have been in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that anyone... I didn't know that anyone else did that. But Natalia did it, and I just want her to, sh- to stop. Like, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. All Everything she does. Um, short interview with King Corbin is up next. Um, he's like... Uh, she had, Charlie Caruso asked him about tossing Mysterio and Black off the thing, and he's like, oh, they're both lucky that uh, they landed on a secondary roof. They're fine. Like, so you didn't care? And he's like, no, I didn't care. Anyway, so he addresses his matchup against uh, Drew next week, and it's uh, and he uh, he just thinks he's going to win. That's, that's kind of it. He's like, he he, Drew rode my club. He, he beats you, he threw you off the roof. Apparently. Um, he also claimed that Drew rode his coattails on Raw for a year, and I was like, I didn't remember that, but it probably happened. Um our last thing is Edge uh, comes to the ring, starts talking about how uh, he keeps seeing these uh, ads on on Raw for Edge is hunting down the Viper, and he's like, "No, I'm done. Like, I want to, mo- I want to move on." I uh, blah blah blah, and and just as he's saying that, Orton's music hits, um, and Orton comes in, confronts Edge, and says, "Edge at WrestleMania, the better man won." And Edge just kind of like, okay, cool, and whatever. Um, and Orton then, he's like, okay, and he tries to be a bigger man, but he le- and he tries to leave and congratulate. And he's like, oh, I just couldn't do it. He turns around, he comes, I can't lie to myself. Um, he's like, yeah, the better, the better man won at WrestleMania, but the redder wrestler didn't. Um, Edge says, be, or Orton says, because Edge made his return at the Royal Rumble was convenient, couldn't have, didn't have to wrestle the whole time. Then at Mania, it was uh, he fought Orton in a match that uh, Edge chose, uh, the last man standing. It's not really a, a wrestling match, um, and, but he says it took him not it uh, didn't take him nine years to get back on his feet like it took Edge. Uh, so he's taking Ooh. some shots at Edge. Yeah, right. Um, and said that you haven't actually wrestled uh, in nine years. Like I don't think you could actually win in a wrestling match. Like that has nothing to do with your grit or your, your passion. Um, they won't help you in a wrestling match. So uh, um, Edge has the guts. He's asking if Edge has the guts to face him at Backlash in a straight-up wrestling match. Um, and uh, Charlie Caruso kind of interjects, being like, are you going to accept this? And he's like, if you do, it might be the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, Edge is still silent, and they walk off. So Raw ends with kind <laughs> of a big... It might be the greatest <laughs> wrestling match ever. Yeah, Charlie Caruso said that. Um, Charlie Caruso... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was Raw. Sorry, I talked as fast as I could, but there was a lot. 
Three hour show, man. Oh, uh, beefy podcast, guys. We're almost there. We've made it. My thoughts on uh I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't really care about the new stipulation. Becky's pregnancy was great, and uh, Seth's stuff's cool. Viking Raiders, bad. Mike? (laughs) Oh, we lost Mike. Uh, I was on pause. I was uh, washing my hands. I'm about to crunch up, and I'm touching my phone, and I have a big thing about germs. So just have to do that right quick, and I'm going to... Insiders need an app. (laughs) And now going outside to smoke another joint. But my thoughts, um, I don't have, I don't know. I thought this was a comedic show for the most part, uh, which was entertaining. I got a good laugh out of a lot of segments. And in times like this, I think Vince McMahon's model is always going to be making people smile. I'm in, uh, full disclosure to everyone listening, I'm right now currently in the, uh, like the hall, my uh, apartment. That's why I have an echo. But uh, you know what? <laughs> Here on the Crundlemania podcast, we keep it real deal, how we feel. So just going to lay out what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, that's my main thoughts from Raw. Uh, I hope they go with gender. Our mic's cutting out, so let's uh, just move to social media shout-outs. Spencer, what do you say? From mid to like late 2000s SmackDown, and uh, I like that pairing. He didn't didn't hear us. Now Mike is back, ladies and gentlemen. He's returned to the pod with that mid two thousand SmackDown drop. No one knows what he's talking about. He's talking about Drew Jinder. It's the mid two thousand SmackDown. Huge gap in there. Oh boy, what did we miss? <laughs> oh yeah, back in two thousand seven. The Crumbomania podcast is as fun as it sounds. Wait, what happened just now? I'm so confused. You cut out while you were walking for a crunch thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm still in the uh, hallway. Which part did I cut out at? Uh, You were talking about Drew and Jinder, and then you were just like, mid-2000s Smackdown. (laughs) Yeah, Drew and Jinder. I'm looking forward to that match. And then Bob Lashley and MVP. It's like vintage 2000, like late 2000s Smackdown. Those those two guys are... Big stars at that time. They contended for the U.S. belt a lot. Right on, right on. So, yeah, those are my um, thoughts. Do you want to do some social media shout-outs while Mike's out there crunning? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. You got any for us there, Ace? Here we go. It's social media shout-outs. Social media shout-outs. Yeah. The first one goes out to Pull Kit at Fervent Maharaja. Anyways, they said something about Dua Lipa, and then I wrote back all night, and then they wrote back, I Riot With You, which is lyrics to Dua Lipa's hit song, Break My Heart. <laughs> right on. Uh, at House of Colors underscore, agreed that def- uh, <laughs> they agreed that Seth Rollins' new theme was definitely fire. Okay. Cool. Um, at Ingui Phoenix was talking about uh, post Money in the Bank that Oscar and Otis are MVPs in their respective divisions. Period. Agreed. Uh, they are pure gold, especially Oscar. My personal pick is a true wrestling waifu. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Bray versus Braun was great. Yeah, we agreed that. We agree with that, and it showed that Braun can do mind games too. It did. It did. Uh, 
And then she said, to be honest, I miss the rest. It's past midnight here, kind of sleepy. Where are you, where are you living, Ingrid Phoenix? Let us know. Tweet us at Chronomania. We don't even know where you live. Um, then tonight at Nikki underscore lovely was asking the same question when Mike tweeted out, also important to note that there was just one singles match from WWE Raw at Money in the Bank. What are they going or where are they going with the U.S. title with my boy Andrade? This faction has done nothing for him. It's true. What are they doing? We don't what know. are they doing? Um, at Arya Dark Stark said that Becky's baby, after she slash he grows up, uh, will fight t- Taker for his last match. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We could see it. Um, and then at Vic Val 1970 said The Rock will. And I just don't see that coming, Victor. I don't think The Rock's going to wrestle again. And the uh, last social media shout out of the night goes to at Steven of Dogtown, day oneer, day oneer of the pod. He's living out in the sticks. Uh, he said, uh, post- <laughs> not how I saw Becky's. <laughs> he, he did not say that, but he did say, not how I saw Becky's reign ending. I get the feeling she'll be gone for a while, looking at tw- a 2022 Royal Rumble return. I could see that too, but I think uh, she'll be back sooner than that, possibly sooner. Hoping for. Sorry about that cough just now, boys. My apologies. All good. Uh, yeah. No, no thoughts. Uh, not, no, no real thoughts on the social media shows. Some uh, good interaction looked like. I was giving my shots as I went along. Mike is walking into his apartment. He's uh, crumbed up. Having a walk. Having a walk. Um. <laughs> Do you do you want to go through our clapper, our crapper, and our knee slapper from SmackDown, Money in the Bank, and Raw? It's probably going to be all Money in the Bank related, I would imagine. Probably. Yes, okay. let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. It's time for the clapper, the one thing that we liked in wrestling. The clapper. Spencer, would you like to start? I would, because I'm going to take the, the Braun and Bray match. Um, this was, well, I am clearly a mark for it, for it, so it's just an easy pick for me. But I thought this match was just entertaining. Um, ups and downs, Bray Wyatt continues to show why he's fantastic in the ring and out of the ring and just in general. Um, yeah, uh, that's Mike Lapper. Yes, I did agree that I like that it showed uh, Bray and Braun playing a little bit of mind games with each other. Um, my clapper, do you know what it was? What? Do you want to take a guess? Uh, Christian getting the Hall of Fame. No, it was me successfully picking Otis to win Money in the Bank. Congratulations. <laughs> that was my clapper. I was very proud of that. Mike, what was your clapper? Well, that was going to be my clapper, Working Man Otis, but it's all good. I'll give my crapper to the WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Seth. The Chef Wait, Rollins. Mike, you said clapper or crapper? This is good uh, or bad? Clapper. Okay, because you definitely said crapper. Oh, did I? No, clapper. I thought <laughs> you did too. This is definitely a crap, uh, clapper moment. Uh, <laughs> WWE. It's a clap crap. A clapper. Clack. It's a clapper for sure. The WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Seth the Chef Rollins. Thought it was great. Set, good action. Good pace. 
And uh, yeah, CrossFit Jesus, Seth the Chef, whatever you want to call him, Monday Night Rollins, the Kingslayer, all the above. Yeah, I like the match. These are two great wrestlers, and I think Drew's going to have a really long title. Same Z. It was great. It was a good one. Do you guys want to do your crappers? The crapper. Sure. Yeah, I'll gladly start. I have no problem starting with uh, my crapper. And I mean, the one thing in wrestling we didn't like. Correct. The one thing in wrestling that we did not like, and it's going to go from Raw uh, pretty easily for me. Uh, and I just didn't like the DQ in the tag team match that Seth Rollins was in. Just because he stands on the apron and scowls the whole time and doesn't tag in doesn't mean he's not a part of the match. So when the ref rang the bell, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, how baked am I right now? <laughs> What's going on here? Did you guys feel that way? Like, it was a pretty blatantly obvious non-DQ in a tag team match. I honestly mm-hmm. missed that missed that bit. Um, so I was like, what in the hell? Like, what? how is this a DQ? Um, yeah, so, but, like, looking back at, at it, I was like, wow, that's not DQ. He's just a guy. <laughs> like, he's, he's there. Like, if he doesn't tag in, that's not on anybody else. It doesn't mean he can't get involved in the match. Like, they talk about wanting to improve the tag division. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> that's not when you no. show tag wrestling like that. No, Spencer, uh, what was your crapper? My crapper, I'm just going to go with Natalia. Having a match in general, A, but her big like temper tantrum freak out afterwards. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like what? Oh, that's that's my clapper or crapper. I did that. Too. I did it too. Let's have my crapper. My crapper is how they weren't even on Money in the Bank, but now here they are on Raw, and they're dysfunctional. Triple A with Zelina, Angel, Austin, and Andrade. Now they're just upset with each other. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, all right, sure, fine, all right. Oh, they're upset now. Okay, oh, it's just weird because they were, but oh, no, they're up. Okay. Oh, they don't like each other. Okay, I get it now. He really didn't explain it, but okay. Sure. That's my uh, crapper. That's a good crapper. I agree. I agree. It made complete, completely no sense. Um, then it's time for the final one. The final one of the night. The knee slapper. The one thing in wrestling we found absolutely hilarious. I can start. <laughs> The knee slapper. Minus the fact that Money in the Bank was about only two and a half hours, and it was fun. I can't believe they did that. Normally, it's like way too long and annoying. Dude, it was like four almost. Dude, it was only like two and a half hours. No, the whole runtime was like four hours. No, no possible way. It started at like five, and it went to seven thirty. Two and a half hours. What? No, it started. What? It didn't end at yeah, but it didn't end at 7.30. It was 7.37. It's like 8. It's like, it's th- are you thinking of, um, I guess. No, I man, could... I walked home, and it was 7.37. Oh, all right, maybe I was thinking of the pre-show. I definitely saw something. You think it was pre-show included? That's like three and a half. Maybe. Because I definitely still saw good for them. I, said, it, I think I thought... it was the shortest pay-per-view in history for them, I think. Or the one in, no, maybe not in history, but like, if you don't factor in the pre-show, you're right, it was two and a half hours. Crazy. 
wild. Um, Mike, you're up next. Uh, yeah, knee slapper is going to be we're on knee slapper, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, knee slapper is going to be the the money in the bank match. Just complete silliness all the way around. Tons of spots. Like, and I was you know it's pretty caked, so I was laughing a lot. Uh, the second time I watched it, it wasn't as funny to be honest. Definitely funnier the first time, but yeah, that's definitely my knee slapper. Yeah, you were popping for all the cameos. I was like, these are okay. <laughs> the yeah, I thought they were funny. Yeah, okay. they were fine. Um, my knee slapper, um, since you took the entirety of the match, I'm just going to take two specific parts of the match. Um, the first one being Otis's food fight moment. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other one being Dana Brooke being like, where's the belt or where's the briefcase? And you're like, Dana Brooke? How do you not know? He did say that. He literally like was freaked out. He was like, how does she not know that? Like after he just did a bong rip, even he thought that was messed up. I was so mad. He's like, what? How did she not know that? I'm like, how does he know that? Because <laughs> I paid attention to the rules, which is something you'd think the person in the fucking match would do. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, let's break down our, what we had tonight and uh, let's wrap it because it's been a long one. It's been a beefy one. The beefiest yet. There's a lot to cover. I had Broken Coast Saturna. It is good. It was very high THC and it's a good time. I recommend. Very cool. Very cool. Mike. Spencer. Oh, Spencer. Mike. Mike or Spencer. <laughs> one of you two. Yeah. I had a bunch of edibles again tonight, about 40 milligrams worth. Uh, pretty solid. Can't remember which ones they were. And I had Skittles again tonight with um, with a bunch of Top Shelf Gorilla Glue Shatter, which usually does the trick. Did it again here. Good stuff. Spencer? I was, uh, one other thing, sorry. I apologize. I was pretty baked uh, in this podcast. So anybody listening, <laughs> that's part of the pod. <laughs> Spencer, what was your final? What was what did you have? Um, I only had a very small taste of Good Supply Royal Highness. Nice, 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 nice. Well, I'm gonna live tweet when I do watch my punishment match of the revival versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. I don't know where it and it will be. Just follow at Crumblemania. You never know when it's gonna pop off. And uh, that's where we're on social media at Crumblemania. Rate us five stars on iTunes if you have any time on your hands. That'd be dope. Anything else, gents? Yeah, I'll also be live tweeting as I watch Crash Holly versus Viscera, uh, which was my punishment yep. match. They want the pictures too. <laughs> pictures of the match or pictures of my face? The match. Oh, okay. <laughs> you do not need to supply a picture of your face. It's just the match. While you're watching, I meant just it on like watching the. I, I didn't know if you meant oh. me watching the match, like a video. Okay. Well, no, uh, no. gentlemen, that was a PT Crumblemania podcast. Uh, shall we say au revoir? Au revoir. Sure. See ya. <laughs>